Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Nice game, so I was able to really kind of get that. Well, at least enjoy a little bit of the game last night. But with that being said, welcome to the episode of the Fanny's Football Happy Hour Podcast. I am your host, Ricky Valera. On today's episode, we're going to do what we do each and every week. We're going to recap... Uh, a little bit of last week. We're going to talk just a little bit about last week. And then, of course, talk about last night's game between the Bengals and Jaguars. And then we're going to go full-fledged ahead to week four. Matthew Fox is going to return with his week uh, games of the week for each window. And then, of course, we're going to go over our starts, sits. And then, of course, we're going to take a look at my uh, best bets, my DFS corner. And then at the end of the film, we've got a little bit of a movie corner to talk about. I'm very excited about that. Uh, as always, I'm joined by my partner, Mr. Matthew Fox. How are you, sir? I'd be doing better if uh, Jamar Chase would have gotten his fifth touchdown of the season last night because I was all all in on that. I also uh, streamed the Bengals' defense. Oh. Feels like it was a mistake. Yeah, I, I got a buddy of mine. He was taking on somebody, and I said, man, I don't really feel good about their defense this week. I just don't, and, and I've, you know – uh, it's crazy to me because I you know, let's let's be real. Like the Jaguars should have won that game. Um, you don't you can't you know blow a lead like that. But I don't know. Urban Meyer needs to be fired because I really don't like the fact that he's wasting any time of Trevor Lawrence's existence. Well, I mean the Bengals took apart the Steelers' offense last week, and I know the Steelers have their own issues. But Trevor Lawrence had thrown seven interceptions in three games coming in. He'd had at least two in each game. So I thought at least, you know, there'd be some turnovers, some sacks. Uh, Lawrence wasn't great, but he definitely cleaned up that aspect. Um, Just some weird, weird play calling, you know, unfortunate for the Jaguars uh, that Chark appears to have broken his ankle, going to be gone. Um, It's... I know you were. Some people were more bullish on the Jaguars coming into the season, but it's getting fair to wonder where they win games. Yeah, if you take a look at that, um, I was looking at their. Somebody had posted that earlier. Their schedule is not very kind for the rest of the year. I mean, obviously, we still have an opportunity for them to play the Texans one more time. But if you look at their schedule: Tennessee, Miami, Seattle, Buffalo, Indianapolis, San Francisco, Atlanta. There's a possibility, possibly there. Rams, Tennessee, Houston, they do face the Jets, so there's that in their favor. But then it's New England and then Indianapolis. It would be pretty funny for Trevor Lawrence, who never lost a regular season game in his life, to go 0-17 in his first NFL season. Like, that would be hilarious. You know what so I mean? Does Urban Meyer come back for a season two if they go 0-17? I hope not. To be honest with you, like I understand it's very easy to look at Trevor Lawrence and pick on him because he was this highly touted prospect and all these things. But if you really watch the games and really look at it and say that's Trevor Lawrence's fault, then you don't know football. Like I'm sorry. Like I'm not saying he's been perfect, but that dude he doesn't have a whole lot of time in the pocket, and their weapons are lackluster at best. You know what I mean? They really are. And Give the ball to James Robinson. Like, I just – they've been doing it a little bit more. 
Yeah. But it kind of blows my mind a little bit. Well, and that's where they were successful last night. It was interesting, too. They made that trade for, for Dan Arnold, um, trading arguably their top cornerback in C.J. Henderson. I thought their secondary, particularly the way they were able to kind of um, limit Jamar Chase in a way that no other team has seemingly done this season was impressive. And Dan Arnold was getting involved in the passing game, despite only having been there for a couple of days. And they were running the ball well. They're up 14 nothing, and then it felt like they sort of went away from all of that, um, which is a curious decision. The Bengals find something with C.J. Uzoma. I don't know if this is just his standard one explosive game a year or whether to believe in that. It probably has a little bit to do with Higgins being out, and of course uh, at the end of the game it appeared that Mixon got hurt again, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah, he's he was doing his thing, right? You know what I mean? Like he had been he started doing his thing, like and the expectations have always been there for him because he is a very good running back. You know what I mean? He hasn't been able to see a lot in the passing game, but people don't understand. I, that doesn't surprise me. They have some top heavy weapons in the passing game that really don't necessarily need him to break out, but he's still having a breakout season. But that being said, we're gonna switch over to the window of the games of the week. Matthew Fox, what do you got for us? What's exciting? What games are you going to pick that are going to be upset so that I can go the complete opposite way and we can fight about them? Yeah, so the, there's more games in the early window on Sunday than the late window. The late window, uh, I thought, had far superior matchups. There's one I'm going to highlight, but there was a lot of good ones in there. In the morning window uh, or the early window, depending on what time zone you're in, I like Carolina Panthers 3-0 and at the Dallas Cowboys 2-1. and A couple of teams who've looked really good. The Cowboys could easily have been 3-0. and um, You know, they beat the Chargers. They looked really good handling the Eagles on Monday night. I think this is going to be a fun and interesting game. Carolina missing um, Christian McCaffrey. We got a, a question or a comment, it looks like, uh, about which running back – the person wanted to play either Drake or Hubbard. I actually think Chua Hubbard's going to be really good uh, in in that game. I liked what he did. He had 11 carries for 52 yards and caught three passes coming in for McCaffrey before. I think this is going to be a higher scoring one. Carolina has yeah, some... Peyton Barber too, you know? <laughs> well, um, it looks like Josh Jacobs is uh, going to be back this week. And Kenyon Drake, I, it seems like he's nothing more than um, – a little bit of a more robust Jalen Richard at this point in time, because when Jacobs was out, he didn't get the rushing work. He's getting five to six targets a game and you have to hope he makes the most of it. That's not inspiring to me. I thought Hubbard looked good. I think Freeman will play some, but I think Hubbard's going to be the main guy there. I think he has a decent chance to be low end RB two or at least in flex value. Um, I'm also really high on DJ Moore in this game. I think they're going to have to throw a lot, and he's by far their best option, and I'm very high on CeeDee Lamb. They lost their best cover corner. They just traded for a guy that'll help patch some things over, but I think the passing offenses are going to be good in this one. My uh, late window game, Possibly the game of the week, the 3-0 Arizona Cardinals at the 3-0 Los Angeles Rams. If you like passing, uh, this ought to be a fun passing game to watch. The Cardinals have four receivers that they're using really well. Um, and then, you know, Cooper Cup has been one of the best receivers in the game. Matthew Stafford was my preseason pick for MVP. I think he's played up to that level. He's averaging 300 yards and three touchdowns a game through three weeks, uh, which seems pretty good. Arizona's defense 
is a little bit better maybe than last year, but they haven't exactly been shut down. Um, so I think that's going to be a really fun one. The night game on Sunday night is fun with lots of intrigue because it's Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski going back to New England, but the Patriots have not looked good. So I'm not sure that that's much more than a lopsided beatdown. Uh, but it will be kind of interesting to see the pregame. You know, how is Brady and Belichick? Are they going to shake? You know, you see sometimes, even last night, Urban Meyer comes up, gives Joe Burrow kind of a hug. I guess they had, they had had some interactions in college and stuff. So you, you see sometimes the pregame, these guys cross the lines. Don't know what kind of a reception there's going to be between Brady and Belichick. It seems like they've tried to downplay all week this coming back, but everybody's been waiting to see this one. Um, and that'll be, to me, as I said, more exciting than the actual game. Monday night football game is a great one. The Los Angeles Chargers at home against the Las Vegas Raiders. Derek Carr is averaging more than 400 yards a game so far. He's got 1,203 yards in three games. It's been insane. And Justin Herbert took apart the Chiefs last week. This is going to be a big-time showdown, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, so there's a few things. Yeah, obviously, uh, Meyer and Burrow have a little bit of a history because Burrow play, uh, was on the roster for Ohio State for a little while and then transferred out. But, yeah, I'm sad I'm not going to be able to watch the Bucks and Patriots game. You know, as a Brady person, I've, I've been a Brady fan for over, you know, since he basically was drafted. I, I loved him um, since then. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm sad I'm going to miss the game just because the mystique. It might not be a great game, and it might not be. It might be a blowout, and, and Brady might – you know, throw a blowout on purpose. You know what I mean? Like I, I just, I could see Brady throwing four or five touchdown passes this weekend. I really do. Um, I'm firing back up Antonio Brown back in the lineup this week. You know what I mean? I, and that's the thing with that offense. You have no choice but to start every one of those receivers each week because you might, you might settle for six to seven points, but if you have like a Antonio Brown on the bench, he's also due. He could, get you 25 to 30 very easily. You know what I mean? That's just kind of how those weapons are. I do foresee Gronk at least finding the end zone at least. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I feel like they get him a touchdown in that. uh, At least one of those. I'm excited about that Raiders and Chargers game too because the Chargers should be 3-0, should be 3-0 because they should have beaten Dallas. They really should have. I do think they got screwed on some instances in that game. But with that being said, like they also left about a trillion points on the board because of penalties. You know what I mean? They scored like seven touchdowns, I think, that were called back in that game because Justin Herbert, I don't understand. I I lost that week to my po- opposing opponent, but for some reason I still have not found like the 30 points that I should have gotten from Justin Herbert that week because it was just brutal watching him throw touchdowns. It's a defensive slugfest. <laughs> yeah, it just watching him throw touchdowns that were called back. I think there was at least two that got called back in that game. But it's an ex- it's got some – there's some exciting uh, games in the schedule. I do like that Panthers game. I like it a lot. It's going to be interesting to see what Carolina does with those, with those weapons. You know what I mean? How do they handle Cooper? How do they handle Lamb? How do they handle Zeke? How do they handle Pollard? Zeke looks like he's back. You know what I mean? Like, you know, everybody wrote him off. LaVisca looked good last night, which he might carve himself out a very solid role with Chark out for a long period of time. So it's going to be interesting to see some of what that looks like. Um, Transitioning over to our starts and sits for the week. Sam Darnold to me is a must start. Um, I've, I've kind of honed in on him over the last couple of games. He's got 304, 305, 279 in the air. He's got three touchdowns in the air, but he's also got three on the ground. Um, he actually leads the NFL. He's tied for the lead in the NFL for rushing touchdowns, which is kind of funny. 
um, coming off a game where he had two. But uh, as we've seen, you can throw on Dallas. Uh, I mean, it wasn't relevant last week because Jalen Hurts can't throw. So that's that's a big problem whenever you're trying to throw. But Jalen Hurts still ended up with two passing touchdowns, over 200 yards passing. Um, so you could easily see Sam Darnold with a much better team um, offensively and a much better arm offensively that he's going to be able to do what he wants with that Cowboys defense. And then they're going to have to throw the ball. You know what I mean? It's it. We sit here and say that I think the implied total is like over over 50, I think it is, in that game right now. So I could foresee it being a Chargers. It, it might end up being a Chargers-Cowboys game on us. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, I'm firing up Sam Darnold. CEH, uh, the guy was you know off to the death. Everybody rid him, wrote him off. Everybody thought he was dead. Came back with 17 carries, 100 yards, and a touchdown. Um, he got you know he got the ball through the air. Um, he had a big time game. I like him again this week. I think they're going to blow the doors off the Eagles. Yeah. Like they're just it's they're one and two, and they have the worst. Like the Eagles have the worst timing right now because I could see them putting up forty points easily on them this weekend. And I don't know if they ever stop. They might just keep scoring until until the gate, like until the hit digits hit zero. I think they're going to just take a, a brutal beating out on those guys. And because of that, I like CEH because I do think that he's going to see some groundwork in the second half as well. But I do think that they pound the rock a little bit more. They need to balance that offense a little bit more as well. Um, get to that question in just a second. Uh, Cole Beasley, 30 targets in three games. It's been a little bit off because he had 13 in week one, 13 in week three, only four in that third in that second week. But uh, I like Cole Beasley this week. Uh, I think the matchup's good for him. And then Zach Ertz, for the same reason why I love CEH in this game, they're going to play from behind. And Zach Ertz is is definitely relevant in this offense. He saw seven targets this past week. They were down the entire game. He's going to have to throw the ball. So that just is going to be peppered. He's, he's a fringe start each week as is, but you got Goddard there already. Um, so those are the those are my my four guys. Before we let you go there, Matt Fox, you got uh, can I trade Logan Thomas and get Kareem Hunt? I want Diggs or Julio, but I don't think anybody let them go. Haha. <laughs> He's like, I've already got Darren Waller. I mean, if you could get Hunt for Thomas, I would do it, but I don't know anyone that's trade Hunt's actually uh, I think he's actually top 12 through three weeks in PPR scoring at running back. Logan Thomas is a fine tight end, but he's not an elite tight end uh, in terms of being, you know, in that top group of four or five. Yeah, they don't have a really – they don't have any running backs either, you know what I mean? So it's that's yeah. the you – know, or I mean a quarterback, sorry. They have a running back, quarterback. They don't have a quarterback there that's worth a worthwhile. So that to me is another reason why that, you know, I – if you can get that, absolutely. Like a hundred percent, like especially since you already have Waller, if you can get Kareem Hunt for Logan Thomas, smash accept ASAP. You know what I mean? You just get get it taken care of. Uh, Mr. Fox, what you got for your starts this week? All right. Well, uh, in my sit starts, you're going to notice I have a lot of opinions uh, about the Steelers. Um, one is is in a start category. Uh, my quarterback start this week is Derek Carr. Um, he's uh, I have him up in my top ten. Like I said, he's thrown for more than four hundred yards a game. I think that game with the Chargers is going to be high scoring. 
Um, he's off to a fantastic start, really maximizing and using his weapons. Uh, I like what we've seen. My start at running back is actually Najee Harris. Um, I know the Steelers line isn't great. He hasn't gotten a ton of ground yardage, but he's consistently getting involved in the passing game. Ben is struggling mightily, uh, and having a tough line will make you look for those shorter dump-off passes, and that seems to be where Harris is thriving right now. I think he's in for another good week. 900,000 targets. Yeah, I mean, he's in for another good week. Uh, my wide receiver start is Mike Williams. Uh, Joe Lombardi said when he came over from New Orleans to be the offensive coordinator for the Chargers that he wanted and envisioned using Mike Williams the way that they used Michael Thomas in New Orleans. And so far, that seems to be the case. He has almost 300 yards receiving on 22 receptions. He's killing it out there. Uh, I think he's wide receiver three right now in PPR in three, three weeks. The Raiders secondary is maybe better than they were last year, but they are not incredible. I think Mike Williams is going to eat in that game. Uh, And then my tight end start for the week is Noah Fant. Uh, Didn't have a ton of targets last week, but they're playing the Ravens this week. They lost another receiver. KJ Hamler's out for the year. Jerry Judy is still out. They have Patrick and Sutton on the outside. But we saw what the Raiders were able to do uh, and what Travis Kelsey was able to do uh, going up against that Baltimore Ravens defense. Noah Fant had a ton of targets in week one. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater continues to use the tight ends. Albert Albert O is getting some work too, but I actually really like Fant this week. I think in the middle, Denver's going to need to score some points to stay with the Ravens, even if Lamar ends up sitting. Yeah, it's interesting. That's going to be an interesting game because I really am intrigued to see what's ahead for that Broncos team. Still not a believer. Not yet. No offense, Fox, but I, I mean, just... they had the softest schedule. I, I thought whoever won quarterback, they were going to start 3 0 because it was a very soft schedule and they have a very strong defense. They've had a lot of injuries pile up. We are going to see what they're made of this next five week stretch. They have Baltimore, then Pittsburgh, the Raiders, the Browns, and the Washington football team in October. So, you know, if you're six or seven wins at the end of that, I'll feel a lot better if you four wins at the end of that. You are about what you know we thought you were. Exactly. My sits for this week, Ryan Tannehill. Um, and the only reason I say this is because well, and first off, um, AJ Brown might be out this week. I if he's out, I like him even less. Julio might be out too. They both and, exactly. So streets. both of them, right? So and the reason I say this is because I do think that they blow the Jets out. And I just don't feel like he's going to get enough points to really warrant starting him this week. I just don't like the I don't like the matchup for him. I see I can see uh, I can envision Derrick Henry has 150, 175 yards rushing on the ground this week because the Jets are just abysmal. I don't know if the the thing about it is is it might be the Jags versus the Jets. Whoever gets the first whoever gets their first win, we might see we might be the first ever 0 16 and one teams. You know what I mean? Like it, it might be, but. One of those teams are going to have to win a game possibly before the end of the season. Um, I'm still mad at the Jets for losing um, the Trevor Lawrence battle because I just felt like Trevor could have been a little bit better up in New York. Um, but with that being said, uh, Zeke, I know this is is a hard one. Um, I do. Um, if you have other options, not everybody has other options besides Zeke. I just don't think I love the matchup for them with Carolina. Um, he's coming off a strong game. I know that. But Tony Pollard is a factor. He is like it's period. He it's it's not a split per se, but it's 
it's about 60 40 when it comes to touches overall touches especially through the air as well so i do foresee a lot more pollard in this game because i expect it to be high scoring expect being the key word there um and then my last is Cortland sutton i just feel like they have a lot of weapons and they're peppering a lot of different people I know it's a hard sit there, but I just don't love the matchup for him. I could see other – and I do. I like Noah Fant a lot this week as well. That's the other reason why I think Fant might be that guy this week. I just don't like Sutton this week at all. What are about you? What are your sits for the week? All right, so my quarterback sit is uh, Ben Roethlisberger. I don't know if anybody's had a chance to watch him play, but – you know, people were hopeful that he'd at least be a solid QB2 for Superflex, and we haven't seen that. He hasn't looked right all season. He was struggling to end last year. They were 1-4 and four and to end last year, looked flat in the playoffs, and that has totally carried over. They're 1-2. and two. They could easily be 0-3. That line is not good. He's sitting as QB26 uh, going into this. Not a great matchup with Green Bay. Um, so he's on the bench for me. Running back, Damian Harris for the Patriots. I know there's going to be a temptation to want to roll him out, especially with James White now uh, gone for the season with that hip subluxation. And also, can we just say how many people have we already seen with – I didn't even know what a hip subluxation was until this season, and we've already seen several people with it. I – I just want to. I just want to. I just want to congratulate you for how you pronounce it. Like you knocked it out of the ballpark your first run. Like I just was like, damn, that's. A, I I butcher names on the podcast all the time. I can't even. I don't even know how to say what you just said. I'm not even going to try because I'm just not going to. But I just look, like, damn, you knocked that one out of the ballpark. Anyway, Harris is <clears throat> RB 37 so far on the season. We've seen some flashes of production, but Tampa Bay, while they have struggled a little bit against the pass, are a fantastic front, uh, you know, front seven. Uh, so rushing is not how you're going to get it done. I just don't see Harris returning even RB2 value this week. My sit at receiver is Deontay Johnson. I think there's going to be a tendency to want to fire him up if he's in there because they're probably going to be behind. I think he gets the Jair Alexander treatment, especially with with Chase Claypool and Juju Smith-Schuster banged up. Uh, he's also banged up coming off the knee injury that caused him to miss last week. And I know Ben tries to feed him, but Ben doesn't look like he could feed a starving child right now. I mean, he just – he probably couldn't get the spoon. Bro, bro in that fall is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Well, I mean, he got picked off by – he's getting picked off by, like, defensive linemen and short-playing linebackers because he's just dumping the ball. They don't have a good line. I, I just think – we're more likely to see Najee Harris get dump offs than we are to them to connect anything deep. And along those same lines, my sit at tight end is Eric Ebron. And this is really a sit for not just this week, but for the season. Last year, he was tight end 14. He caught 56 passes, 558 yards and five touchdowns. There was some thought that he was going to be another solid or reliable rotation tight end. Pat, baby, fur mouth time, baby. Yep, through three, three games, he has seven targets, only catching one for 19, while Pat Fryermuth has 10 targets, catching eight for 82 and a touchdown. Fryermuth has had four receptions each of the last two games. The future is now at tight end. I think Ebron is safely droppable. Yeah, I agree with 100%. And in, in the chat there, we had a recommendation of Trevor Lawrence over Bridgewater. I honestly would have done the same. I would have started Lawrence over Bridgewater this week. Um, I'm yeah. not – that scares me, but I, I think Lawrence has upside. The, the thing about Lawrence for the rest of the year is that they're going to play from behind. 
he might get an interception here and there, unless you're like a negative six points for an interception or whatever, it's going to be there. I think yesterday was his first non turnover game of the year. So that was nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think that offense, it, that was the best that offense has looked this year, even though I still don't know what the hell they're doing out there because they're not using, utilizing him to, if you saw what he, Bevel. With those rollout passes, he, he threw some beautiful balls and he had some pinpoint accuracy with them. So why they're not utilizing the play action or the rollout more often with him. He has legs. He's not the fastest guy in the league, but he does still run like a four, six. Like if you saw him, he can run. So utilize his legs, utilize him to be able to throw that football as good as he can. Like he's, he is good. Like I understand people want to jump on the bandwagon. Like, Oh, he sucks. Well, that team sucks too. But I'm not saying that he hasn't struggled, you know, with reading the field, and he has the adjustment from the pros to the or from the NFL or college to the pros is the game's faster. We know that, you know what I mean. And he's not playing with the the with uh, five five star athletes on the offensive line and the five five star athletes wide outside. You know what I mean. The team's not that good. He's got a running back. While he's good, he's still an undrafted rookie or a second year uh, player. Wide receivers, LaVisca's not a number one receiver. DJ Chark might – I don't think Chark's the number one receiver. Marvin Jones is his security blanket, which I thought he would be. He struck, He didn't have a whole lot yesterday, and I thought he would have a little bit more, but I think the Bengals kind of honed in on him a little bit, which was fine. Especially but, after Chark um, went out. Yeah, exactly. So with that being said, I'm going to transition over to the Ricky's bets slash the DFS corner. My DFS corner is going to be focused on guys that I talked about in my start and sit. I like to kind of correlate those guys – Sam Darnold, 6K this week. I like pairing him with DJ Moore again. DJ Moore, 31 targets, 22 catches, 285, and a touchdown. They're going to throw the football a lot in this game. And with Chuba, uh, with with CMC out, uh, Matt highlighted that they're going to have to kind of get DJ Moore involved. And and then he is. Like, he just is. 31 targets through three games is massive. Maybe Robbie Anderson will come out of a – you know, his cocoon maybe this week. I don't know. Who knows? But I like CEH as well. Talk to Benham as well. He's coming off the big game, and I think that he follows it up with another big game. I can see him getting, you know, 60 to 75 yards in this game. And I see him at least in the end zone, and that pays off that 5,400 really well. My bets for the week, I can't wait for Matthew Fox to criticize him. He's just going to yell at me for him. I, I don't, maybe not. I don't know. But I like the Titans. They're only six and a half point favorites. I don't understand. I think they're on the road. Maybe that's why. Maybe. So that's like a – it's really – and then the thing about it is is if you're a home team, you're automatically getting three points, right? So th- this is a nine-and-a-half-point swing for the Titans. So they're favored by six-and-a-half. They probably win by 20 uh, easily. Um, follow it up with the Chiefs minus six-and-a-half. I think that's a shoe in I think they beat the Eagles by 150. Um, the Browns minus one-and-a-half. I don't – look, Kirk Cousin looks like he's looked good. He's looked really good. And, and I understand the Browns are struggling a little bit here and there. But I just foresee the Browns beating them. They're a better team, top to bottom, front to back, better defensively, better offensively. I think OBJ has a hundred and a touchdown this week. I think we saw him come back, and he's looking good. Um, it's he's gonna it's gonna take him a little bit of time to get get the rhythm going, get where he needs to be, um, getting back into that playing shape. It's a little bit different, you know what I mean. But I like seeing him this week, and I really do love. Um, the Browns minus one and a half. I like the Browns money line as well. You can you can go either way there. I do love Cousins to throw his first pick of the season. Um, it's it's actually plus one ten on some of the books that I've seen right now. So I'm really excited about that because I, I he's been very careful with the ball, but I do I have seen some lucky passes come out of his hand. So and I do think that the you know the the Browns have some ball hawks. So I expect to see an interception this week. So um, before we get to that question, real quick, uh, any thoughts on my bets this week? 
I mean, I actually like your bets this week, which probably is a bad sign for both of us. <laughs> it probably is. Uh, real quick question. Do I trade A.J. Brown and Ty Montgomery? Or yeah, probably David Montgomery. Or Yeah, Ty Montgomery. Why did I say Ty Montgomery? David Montgomery. Or is it, I'm hoping that's or Carson for Swift and Galladay. Um, no. I don't like Galladay at all. You know what, though? I probably, the way it's going, would do uh, Brown and Montgomery for Swift and Galladay. The Giants are missing. So Shepard and Slayton are both injured, I know. Yeah. Please hold back your shocked face that the Giants have some injured players. Um, But Galladay, they've been trying to get the ball to him the last few weeks. They haven't quite connected. Uh, But I actually think Galladay ends up right around a low-end wide receiver, too, uh, when all is said and done. So I I think that would be worthwhile. Brown's off to a slow start, banged up. I'm not sure I love the Titans passing game. I don't think that's as big a fall off. I'm assuming this is redraft. If it's dynasty, dynasty, I'm not moving Brown. But if it's redraft. Okay, that's the first question, I guess. Is this, the question would be, is this uh, redraft? If it's redraft, this is one thing. Because if it's dynasty, then it's a different conversation. Because I like, I like AJ Brown a lot more in Dynasty because um, Ryan Tannehill is not going to be there forever. So, and I can't wait for him to go. Yeah, but it looks like he has Diggs, Mike Williams, uh, Amari Cooper, and Tyler Lockett. If it's redraft, uh, if you're getting it. Swift, if you're getting Swift, I think you're better off there. Yeah. It's redraft. Okay, so it's, if it's redraft, then yeah, I'd rather have Swift over all of these guys, all of those guys on your team. I would try to see if you could do it with Carson. I think, I think I'd prefer to get rid of Carson. I don't trust the Bears, and their line uh, is, is hot tar. I, I trust the Bears in about three weeks when they fire Matt Nagy, so that's when I'm going to be very excited. When he decides to roll out Nick Foles at quarterback, it's going to be, all right, we've seen this we've seen this rodeo far too long. It's time to get rid of you. So, uh, yeah, if I, I prefer to do it for Carson and AJ, for Swift and Galladay. Yeah, I, I like your receivers. You're, I mean yeah. – Galladay might sit on your bench the rest of the year. You might even drop him at some point, you know what I mean, because your roster is that that wide receiver. So, yeah, definitely do it. I would do it for either or, but I think I prefer Carson over. So, hopefully we fire them after we lose to the Lions. (laughs) Oh, poor dude. Must be a Bears fan, too. I was about to say, you said we like you're a Bears fan, so I I feel empathy towards you. So yeah, we're, not, um, we're not trying to bag on your team. I I cannot believe how unprepared they were looked last week because I think you were more bullish on Fields than I was, but I I thought that they would have a decent game and we'd see some interesting stuff from him. Was not a great game plan. Yeah, he says I am. Oh God, yeah. I, uh, I better days are coming. Yeah, hopefully. Better days are hopefully coming. I mean, they did, you know, they've made some boathead mistakes, and I think Nagy's on his way out eventually. Um, With that being said, that is the fantasy portion of the show. We like the transition. If you have any more questions throughout the rest of the show, we will gladly answer them. We will stop what we're talking about, but it's the movie corner time. The big movie of the week, Venom. Let there be carnages out. We have both seen it. I'm actually going to go see it again. In about 45 minutes, I'm very excited about it because I really, really, really enjoyed it. It look, my, my my thoughts are this. Period. Is it sloppy? Yes. Is the the visual effects sometimes wonky? Yes. Was it the story perfect? No. Was it a good time? 
absolutely. I had a blast. You know what I mean? I had fun. What about you, Fox? Yeah, I thought it was uh, pretty pretty well done. Um, you know, I remember going into the first one, I had very low expectations. I wasn't sure how it would work, but I thought Tom Hardy did a nice job in the role, and it ended up being a little bit better than I expected. This one feels like a little bit of a step up. I thought it was interesting. Andy Serkis was the director here, a guy who knows a lot about getting good performances when you can't necessarily see their face. Um, I feel like that made a good impact here. I thought Hardy, kind of in that dual role, worked really well. Woody Harrelson made for a nice villain foil. Um, I liked I liked the action. I thought it was an enjoyable movie. One of those that uh, feels like it justifies the return to the theater, uh, a little bit bigger in scope. Um, you know, something that is worth seeing on the big screen. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I, I really enjoyed it. And like I said, that's why I'm going to go see it again. Uh, weekend recommendations also. Many Saints of New York. I have not watched it yet. Um, I plan on possibly... No, I, I was going to watch it this weekend, but I forgot that I'm going to watch you season three. Um, uh, I'm going to brag about that a little bit. But um, yes. But um, the Bloomhouse Films on Amazon Prime, it is Bingo Hell and Black as Night, I think, are the ones that come out yep. this weekend. I've seen both of them. I saw them a couple weeks ago. Um, I liked both, but I think I prefer Bingo Hell. I think it is. I like them both. I like them both. Though. They're both enjoyable. They're not great movies by any means, but I think they're enjoyable movies. And I think that's what makes it. That's what really matters. It's Halloween time. So the perfect placement next week though, the manor drops. And I've got about 9,000 interviews with, from the manor dropping all next. I got an interview every day of next week, dropping with a different person from that film. But I really thought that movie is really good. And I really can't wait for you guys to check that one out. Um, the Guilty, we both have seen that. Jake Gyllenhaal is a brilliant performance in that one, right? Yeah, I thought that was uh, that was very interesting. If you don't know much about it, it's uh, basically almost the entire thing is focused on a guy who is a police officer who's facing some difficult career things and is was de demoted to work as a 911 call operator at a call center and gets called into this uh, what seems like a straightforward kidnapping it kind of evolves i thought it packed a real emotional punch especially as you go a little bit further down it's written by nick pizzolato who did true detective um and directed by antoine fuqua who's done some great action films he did white house down he did the replacement killers um he did tears of the sun this one they managed to ramp up a lot of action and tension through dialogue and through this kind of tight quarter circumstance. It's a crisp, like hour and 25 minutes on yep. Netflix. A real easy watch. Yeah, it's brilliant. That twist too. Woo! Wasn't ready for that one. Was not ready for that twist at all. That fucking blew me like, whoa, ho. So yeah, um, real quick question. Favorite movie of all time? I'll let you hit that one first. Mine is A Time to Kill. Uh, which is a John Grisham novel that was uh, directed by Joel Schumacher, has Matthew McConaughey, Samuel Jackson, Sandra Bullock. It was 1996. Mine is, depends on the day, um, but I will give you today, I'll give you The Departed. It's Martin Scorsese, one of my all-time favorite directors, but the cast is loaded. I love the story. It's a good mob film. Um, I love, it's just, it's just everything that I love about film is in that film. It's just, it's greatly acted. It's It's a great direction. Um, I, I also holds a personal place in my heart, obviously, because it was Scorsese's first Oscar. 
Um, should not have been that long into his career before he got his first one, but that's neither here or there. But uh, I love that film a whole lot. And yeah, The Part is always one that I always go to. I've watched it a billion times, but I mean, it's on my wall. La La Land's another one. Arrival's another one. Um, just great films all around. Damien Chazelle's one of my favorite directors as well. But um, Queen Pins, I'm excited to watch that one. I've heard good things about it. Yeah, so it was a. It dropped in theaters in early September. It just dropped uh, free to stream if you have Paramount Plus, uh, which is we used to be CBS All Access comedy. It's based on a true story about these uh, women who managed to create kind of an empire uh, based on like fake coupons, uh, and it's the guys that try to track them down. One of whom is a loss prevention guy for a supermarket chain. The other one is a postal inspector played by Vince Vaughn. Uh, those two guys cracked me up. Kristen Bell uh, is in, in the main role um, as one of the ladies that proliferates the scheme i thought it was very enjoyable it's a good date movie my wife really wanted to watch it which is why i forewent the first half of last night's game to watch it uh with her but it ended up it, i think i told you it, it had a scene in the middle i was laughing so hard i had to like pause the movie um when vince vaughn and paul walter hauser in, a, in the car together on the stakeout <laughs> it just it killed me um so i thought it was very enjoyable Yeah, I'm at it too. Um, I it's it's on my list. You know what I mean? Like it's on my list. Like that's just you know it, it is. Um, another one that's coming out this week. I know there's uh, what was the mini states? I'm trying to get something to load. It's not loading because I had another movie that's supposed to. Oh, Old Henry comes out. I don't know if it's like it's limited released. Um, I do know that. Mm -hmm. Am I free on your end? Yes, you just lock up there for a minute. Yeah, I don't know. I try to open a. I try to open something, and now my entire screen just froze. But uh, Old Henry is coming out limited to release this weekend. Um, Titan, 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 whatever, however you want to call it, is also coming out this week. I'm seeing it Sunday. Um, apparently, it is a wild movie, so that's going to be interesting. To see. The one I think we both need to watch before next week is apparently they made uh, Diana musical, which is a musical yes. based on princess Diana on Netflix. Yeah. And just the idea seems so ridiculous that I feel like I got to give it a try. I'll tell you what. So real quick, before we go here, I wrote an article and I didn't realize it, but Peacock has so much Halloween stuff that dropped mm -hmm. today. They have the entire, like almost all of Friday the 13th dropped. Um, they had Saw 1 through 6, a bunch of the Child's Play, um, the uh, Freddy Cougar movie. What's Freddy Cougar is Nightmare on Elm Street, that one. Yeah, him. Um, they have a bunch of, like, all of those movies dropped today on Peacock. Like, there's just a whole boatload of horror movies. And, of course, in two weeks, we have the Peacock um, dropping. Halloween um, kills. So I'm, I'm excited about that one. I'm hoping to catch it in theaters. Um, but... You have anything else to say before we wrap here? Go Broncos. Yeah, don't go Broncos. Um, but other than that, <laughs> other than that, uh, make sure to check out uh, the Music City Drive-In right now. Jacob is covering the Nashville Film Festival for our site. I am covering it over at the Nashville Noise. I watched the Brian Wilson uh, Long Promised Road documentary yesterday. I liked it, didn't love it. It was okay. It was extremely uneven. 
But um, I didn't love it as much. I, I compare all music documentaries now to the Bee Gees documentary um, that I saw last year. If you did not see that, I think it's still HBO Max. Max. It is one of the best musical documentaries I think I've ever seen. I loved it a whole lot. But And if you uh, haven't gotten enough of me, I have one article, an hour dropping for four hours in a row, starting in about 90 minutes. L- Lasso, The Morning Show, Football, and... Uh, my Venom review. Venom, yes. So all that's dropping. And then um, I will have a Titan movie review dropping Sunday, maybe Monday after I watch it. Um, I'm seeing Spencer next week, The Humans. We did find out what the special screening was by virtue of an accident um, that we're going to see at the National Film Festival. I will not reveal it just in case somebody is watching that might be at the festival because I don't want to get in trouble. But with that being said, make sure to follow Matthew Fox on Twitter at Nighthawk7734. Give myself a follow at RickyVillar underscore. Let's make some money this weekend. Last weekend was not as pretty. Um, it's been a rough start. Baseball has been light years more successful for me than football has been. But it did take us a little while to find our footing in baseball because at the beginning of the baseball season, we were a crisp 18 and 18. And now we are over 100 wins in the season. Baseball season is coming to a close. So we will see. You'd be a pennant winner with 100 wins, right? I We would. I think we're the best team in baseball right now. So until next time, we appreciate you guys' support and listening each and every week. We'll talk to you guys later. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.